Hey there, my name is Janny and I'm the host of What's On Your Mind. I interview guests about their weekly musings and Wikipedia rabbit holes, like toxic beauty standards, or the impact of redlining, or bees. Whatever it is, we'll process it together. We'll all learn a little something and take another step in creating our own stories, all while adding another laugh line to your face. Vishni and Sanjita are the hosts of the Beautiful Brown Project. This project is designed to embrace, educate, and empower the South Asian diaspora. Their work uplifts discussions about taboo South Asian topics and allows people to share their stories on their social media platform. Hi, Vishni. Hi, Sanjita. What's on your mind? Hi. Hi. Today, um, what's on our mind is talking about interracial and interreligious relationships and dating as South Asians. Oh, wow. I love that topic. Um, Is this a topic that is personal to you? And is that why that's on your mind? Yeah, I feel like as South Asians, Vishni and I, um, it is a personal topic in regards to dating as South Asians for both of us. But also, I guess, just over the summer, Vishni and I started this project called The Beautiful Brown Project through social media to gather responses on different taboo topics and issues in the South Asian diaspora and post the responses anonymously that we get. And one of the specific questions that we had for our followers was, what is dating for you like as a South Asian? And can you talk a little bit to your experiences with interracial and interreligious relationships? Mm-hmm. So I think just a lot of the responses that we got made us want to talk about this because it's such an important topic to address and talk about. I'm wondering if you'd be able to kind of start off and share maybe some of the responses that you got, and then maybe that can kind of kick off a conversation. Yeah, um, we actually picked out some of our best like responses that we thought were pretty thought-provoking. So one that I wanted to share was um, someone posted, I hate to say this, but every time I date or hook up with a white boy, I always feel more beautiful. I know this is rooted in colonization and white supremacy, and I hate that I feel this way. It feels like a type of validation that makes me truly feel that I am beautiful. I wish this wasn't true, and I'm trying to work on it. Mm. Wow. Yeah. 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 For me, I grew up in a really white town um, with like no South Asians pretty much in my grade or really in my community. All my South Asian family and friends were outside of my community. And so I think that what this post really speaks to me about is the internalized racism that we have specifically with beauty standards and America in a white community in a white country, because I think having that validation from a white person, like she, whoever they are said speaks to white supremacy and colonization because hearing from them that we feel beautiful is is really a validation that comes from systemic racism and I think it was a really powerful way to say it because I think that's something that a lot of us feel as South Asians but also people of color in general but we don't really talk about Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even outside of romantic relationships, like it's like even um you know I would say even friendships too, like any type of acceptance that you get from a group of people that is in the majority. And like you said, you know, like colonization, it's all about white beauty standards. It's who is considered beautiful and powerful and smart. And like, if you can feel any type of connection or acceptance from that community, of course, it's going to make you feel special. And it's so sad that our, that our brains do that to us. (laughs) I think it's also really hard because even when we are in relationships with people of other races or religion or with friends of another race or another religion, it's still a subconscious in some people that 
their parents wouldn't necessarily want them to be with that person or it's just a phase and they shouldn't end up with that person eventually and they should end up with someone of the same race of the same religion so I think it's a really important conversation to have with family members and across generations too yeah um, I can read another response that kind of goes to what we're talking about right now. It reads, my parents had established when I was young that I had to find a partner who fit their requirements when I was young. Because of this, I honestly can't remember any crush I had that was not a person of color. I didn't let myself even think of think I could be with someone who wasn't Indian. Even my first celebrity crush was Dev Patel from Slumdog, <laughs> Slumdog Millionaire. And I think this just adds on to like a lot of brown girls as they're growing up, just internalizing that notion that we have to eventually end up with brown guys of the same race, of the same religion, of the same part of India. And we like can't be with anyone of a different race or religion or if we are like that's such a difficult conversation to have with our parents because we might not be accepted yeah my first crush I think was Anoop Desai from American Idol (laughs) (laughs) that was why I went to yeah that's why I went to Carolina I remember being obsessed with Avanjogia in um, me too. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) me too. Um, Funny. So, I mean, from your all's perspective, and you know whether that's rooted in your experience or not, how would you have this conversation? You know, with your child, if if or how would you even kind of set that expectation or conversation up front, like even before they you know started dating kind of like this person just said you know from a young age they had those expectations and those conversations so how would how would you two want to do that with your future children I think that I um, personally have sort of an interesting experience that I've sort of navigated up through my college life but growing up I really had the expectation in my mind that I had to um, end up marrying like a Sinhalese Buddhist Sri Lankan man from like the same class and caste and even though I was usually attracted to people of different races and things like that. Um, but then in around high school, I sort of had the conversation with my parents, not really meeting to, but it just kind of happened. And my dad was like, I really doubt that you're going to end up with a Sri Lankan. So <laughs> give up on it, whatever. Um, but they were actually truly didn't really care. Um, and I didn't really believe that until a few years later. And I'm currently dating a white boy right now, actually, that they're truly supportive of. And I think that's been a really amazing process for me. And I think it's my parents who have been really supportive of it. But thinking about other people in my life, like my grandparents and sort of the message that this, messages that they give to us about the exact person that you have to marry or, or date even that like it. I think I got those messages from other people in my life. And I think that I also got them from media because Mm -hmm. when you watch TV or movies, you always see like two brown people together. You don't really have the representation of interracial relationships, especially for us growing up until now. And so I think for my children, I want that representation to be there from the beginning and sort of reinforcing that interracial and interreligious relationships are like normal and calm and nothing's wrong with them and supporting them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think it's important to also say that, you know, just because someone is in an interracial or interreligious relationship or, you know, friendship, relationship, marriage, whatever, 
that it doesn't mean that those people have to erase their identities or pretend that they are the same. Like it's absolutely okay for people to have differences as long as those two people know how to work out their differences, you know, because of course there are going to be differences like a Hindu, you know, ceremony. If one person is a practicing Hindu, it is different than a, than a Christian, you know, ceremony. And no one is going to pretend that they're the same. But if the two people in that relationship honor and respect each other and have they have figured out, you know, how they want to do it, then it shouldn't be up to anyone else to look looked in and say, oh, that's not possible. You can't do that. You know, that's damaging. That's bad for your children. That's going to be um, confusing. You know, I think there's a different way to make sure that, especially if it's your children in that situation, to kind of have that conversation and just make sure things are thought through versus just having immediate judgment and just the assumption that, oh, by doing this, you know, you're going to be ignoring or invalidating the fact that you're Indian. Um, like, I think it's very common for people to kind of go to that extreme. And then that's when those kind of like those really intense feelings comes out. Um, because we are just not having calm conversations about it. That seems like a good point for a break. Time for some ads. MedMap connects residents with potential long-term providers to create real patient-physician relationships that can improve the overall wellness of residents and hopefully delay or even prevent the frequency of acute medical emergencies. All you have to do is enter in your address and slide the mile scale to view the clinics 1 to 30 miles away from your address. MedMap is here to connect the over 100,000 uninsured individuals in rural West Tennessee with free or sliding scale medical providers in our communities. Visit medmap.us and try out the free application today. That's www.medmap.us, spelled M-E-D-M-A-P. Again, that's www.medmap.us. Completely free to use. Find your free or sliding scale medical provider today. And now back to the One show. One thing that really resonated with me, what Vishni said, was this idea of normalizing interracial and interreligious relationships. One of my earliest memories with one of my first white friends in elementary school was um, when she came up to me at my locker one day and she asked me, why do brown people always like only end up with each other? And like, why don't they date white people? And I honestly didn't know how to answer that because my parents now, of course, they're so supportive of whoever I end up with, whether it's someone of a different race or religion. Growing up when I was younger, there was this internalized mentality for them that I should eventually end up with a South Indian Tamil Hindu boy. And so I genuinely, when I was that young, I did not know how to answer that question. Like, why do brown people only think they have to end up with each other? And I think it kind of opened my eyes to this idea that like, it's not just brown people that think like that. It's so uncommon for white people or anyone of other races or religions to see in media and in real life to people dating other race, other people of other races and religion. And this idea of normalizing that and not setting it as a standard that brown people should only date other brown people is so important for our children and future generations too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then you bring up a good point of like, it's not just Indian people too. Like I would probably even just ask her, well, why do white people only marry white people? <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's got to be normalized across the board like it's not that it's just you know Indians that marry Indians or white people that just marry white people like I think it's a human natural instinct to want to be in relationships with people that look and resemble you because it's you know the most comfortable like you're most likely going to find similarities with someone who 
you know, shares a religion or cultural background with you, but that goes across race and religion. So it's not something that's just, you know, inherent to, to Indian people. And, and, you know, I think if anything, that's just probably a a stereotype that I hope people challenge in themselves. And if they say, if they see, you know, brown people only married to brown people, I hope they're not thinking that that's just, you know, oh, look at them because they're brown. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, race is something that has brought them together. That doesn't need to mean that that's a stereotype and it doesn't mean that all brown people do it (laughs) or like, and if somebody is not doing it, that shouldn't be judged either. (laughs) Like love is love is love, as they say. Those are really amazing um, quotes that you have. How long have you all been doing this project for? Um, We started at the beginning of quarantine in March. Um, We met just last year in our freshman year of college, um, and we just really clicked. Everyone says we look like twins, (laughs) but um, so we just, we're, we have very similar personalities and we got along really well. And then over quarantine, we just stayed up really late a bunch of nights texting or FaceTiming and just talking about problems and issues that South Asians face and why we're so passionate about creating a collective community and and empowering young South Asian females um, to love their skin. And that's really a big motto for us. And so then um, we applied for um, the Millennium Fellowship, which is through the United Nations. And even if we got it or not, we still applied and we did get it, but we continued our project and started on Instagram in early June. So what will that allow you all to do? So through the fellowship, we kind of focus on these kind of sustainable development goals and two that we're focusing on are gender equality um, through our project and also partnering with local organizations and nonprofit organizations to make our goal and make our dreams like happen, I guess, through the project. You work with the other fellows in your campus and with directors of the fellowships to make your projects be the best that they can be and to support the other fellows too. And there's a bunch of different sustainable development goals are just ours are just two out of like I think 15 and it's honestly really cool because the conferences that we've attended together along with the United Nations speakers are so interesting and we've met some really cool people that's so amazing and I'm assuming this project is going to continue like beyond quarantine as well I'm guessing right yeah um we actually just graduated for the Millennium Fellowship in November, uh, a week ago. I think. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> thank you, um, which was exciting with our cohort at school. Um, but we're definitely continuing on our project and hoping to grow our social media as well as plans for events in the future. So something similar to what we're talking about right now, our event that we're planning is a healing circle regarding interracial and interreligious dating as South Asians and the challenges that we face, the empowerment together of different experiences we've had, but just talking in a collaborative space in a healing environment is something that we hope to do soon. I love that idea. Um, Well, you'll have to let me know when that is so then I can help publicize that for you. That's fantastic. And I'm guessing, I mean, if that's happening in the near future, will that be virtual? Yes. Great. So anyone anywhere in the U.S. or even worldwide, depending on the time zone, can participate in this. I think a lot of the responses that we got to this forum on interracial and interreligious relationships and dating was just so touching. And it really made us want to create a community for people to come together and share their experiences and learn from each other, too, because that's Mm -hmm. the best way to move forward and learn how to have these conversations with parents, too, because that's the next step to healing and to learning how to navigate these situations better. I mean, I really like this project that you all are doing. I think you're highlighting some 
stories and voices from people who um, probably feel unheard a lot. Um, so it's really beautiful what you're doing. <laughs> it's a really, truly beautiful project. Um, and I love that it's anonymous. So how, um, let's say that people, um, anyone who follows this pod, this podcast wants to get involved and contribute to your community. Will you talk about how they can find you and how they can submit, um, answers to your questions? Yeah. Um, so basically what we do is we sort of rotate through different topics and we introduce the topic and we sort of have conversations about it. And then we post a Google form specifically to it with different questions. So like currently we're talking about LGBTQ community um, and, and relationships as LGBTQ members and South Asians and that intersection right now. So the form we have uploaded on our Instagram link tree is specific to that. And so the topic kind of rotates over time. Um, but also people tend to direct message us with ideas that they have or even our email as well. And we'll take that feedback in to, for future topics. Awesome. That sounds good. And so where can people find you on social media? So you can search us up on Instagram at Beautiful Brown Project. And our email is thebeautifulbrownproject at gmail.com. We have a link tree with all of the Google form links, our email as well, um, different um, posts that we've done with links to resources such as for BLM and other petitions to sign and things like that. I was very lucky to have you on the podcast. So thank you so much for sharing um, not only your perspectives, but also um, giving a space to some voices that, um, again, just are usually unheard and unseen. So it was really nice to hear snippets of um, what people are going through and what's going on in, in their minds and you all kind of being a, a funnel for them to be able to get their thoughts out into the world in a, an anonymous, safe way. Um, so thank you all for what you do. And, um, I hope we can continue to stay in touch. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. We love your podcast and we're honestly genuinely honored to be on it. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Of course. Of course. Well, that's it. Thank you all so much. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Subscribe wherever podcasts are found. And of course, rate, review, and share with a friend. If you want to learn more about me, you can check out my website, jannyrad.com. That's J-A-N-I-R-A-D.com. Head on over to jannyrad.com slash podcast and click on support the show. Check out my Instagram at jannyrad.me. Love the podcast music? That's BK Williams. You can follow him on Instagram, Brian K underscore Williams 28. Thanks for listening.